I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Psalms 111 through 118. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Psalm 111 is about praising the Lord. Verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endures forever. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. He has declared to His people the power of His works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of His hands are verity and justice. All His precepts are sure." They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to His people. He has commanded His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. Now, we don't know who wrote this psalm, but it seems to be the same author who wrote this and Psalm 112. It opens and closes with a call to praise. Verse 5 says, He will ever be mindful of His covenant. He says again in verse 9, He has sent redemption to His people. He has commanded His covenant forever. It's not clear to which covenant here He refers, but it's likely the covenant God made with Abraham that's in view here. If you want to know more about the Abrahamic covenant, then look in the topic section of BibleTrack.org and there's an article. But one thing's for certain here. The psalmist knows the value of a covenant with God. Except for the introduction, praise the Lord, this is an acrostic psalm. Each verse has two or three phrases, each beginning with the next successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. This was an oft-used poetic writing style in Hebrew. That brings us to Psalm 112, where we see the attributes of a righteous man. Verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion." Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Probably written by the same author as Psalm 111, here is a comparison between the righteous and the wicked. Just as Psalm 111, this is also written in an acrostic poetry style. 
We see in verse 1 the primary characteristic of the righteous. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. In the last verse, verse 10, we see the consequence of the wicked, where it says, The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. In making his appeal about being generous in giving of one's resources, Paul quotes most of verse 9 in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, where Paul says, As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Before we read Psalms 113-118, let me make a couple of notes about these. We're told that Psalms 113-118 were sung before and after the Passover feast each year. Psalm 113 and 114, before the meal, and the remaining four afterward. Mark chapter 14, verse 26 says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This hymn that Jesus and his disciples sang just prior to his crucifixion was likely taken from Psalms 113 through 118. The identity of the author of these six psalms is not known. The theme of Psalm 113 is, Praise the Lord. Verse 1, Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, who humbles Himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home, like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. The author to this psalm is unknown. It begins with, praise the Lord. It ends with the very same phrase. All the verses in between demonstrate to us why the righteous should do so. Do what? Praise the Lord. Psalm 114 contains a little refresher history. Verse 1. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams. The little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back. O mountains, that you skipped like rams. O little hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a fountain of waters. This psalm isn't long, but it does remind the readers of God's manifestation to Israel in their deliverance from Egyptian captivity, the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea and the Jordan, along with water from the rock. We aren't given the identity, though, of the author of this psalm. Psalm 115, sometimes the heathen can be really irritating. Verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth, why should the Gentiles say, So where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. 
He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So we see here that our God is in heaven. When the heathen question his presence, this unknown psalmist simply points to the ridiculous notion that their lifeless idols have any God value whatsoever, because in fact they are powerless. Psalm 116 talks about our relationship with God and the fact that God is a great comfort. Verse 1, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surround me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore, I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, All men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Well, the author here is unknown as well. He points out that the relationship we have with God is our greatest asset. Look at the way he starts the psalm when he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. You see, it's a father-child relationship. That's where God is intent on meeting our needs. Notice the confidence of the psalmist in his eternal destiny with the Lord in verse 15 when he says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Incidentally, Paul quotes verse 10 over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. That's where he makes the point that he's speaking by the same spirit as this very psalmist. Psalm 117, the theme there is, the Lord endures forever. Just two verses, verse 1. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Even though this is only two verses, Paul quotes verse 1 in Romans chapter 15, verse 11, when he says, And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. Now, let me make a point here. The Old Testament word for nations is synonymous with the New Testament word Gentiles. 
There he seeks to demonstrate this unknown psalmist invitation for Gentiles to rejoice in the one true God. Now, this psalm is short, but the theme is long. God is eternal. Notice what he says about truth in verse 2. He says, The truth of the Lord endures forever. Because, you see, truth is a constant. Truth never changes. And finally, Psalm 118, Confidence in God is better. Verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, His mercy endures forever. I called on the name of the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surround me, yes, they surround me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Although the author to this one again is unknown, Here's a very quotable psalm. Verse 8 says, It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. you got to love that verse. This psalm becomes very notable because of verse 22. That verse says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now that happens to be the verse that Peter quoted in Acts chapter 4 verse 11. However, notice that it's used in a prophetic context in Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 when it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Jesus is the cornerstone who was rejected. This verse is also used by Jesus himself in a parable to the Jewish leaders regarding his imminent crucifixion in Matthew chapter 21, Mark 12, and Luke 20. Then we see it quoted two more times by Paul and Peter, 
once by Paul in Romans 9.33 and Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Jesus also quotes verse 26 in Matthew chapter 23, verse 39. In that passage, Jesus proclaims with that quote that the messianic requirement will be fulfilled after his resurrection. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.